0: this past week was an interesting week for North Americans especially those who like baseball you will recall what has been made known about the Houston Astros that from 2017 through the last World Series they have been cheating they have had Electronic means by which they were able to steal information from the opposing teams whereby they were able to project to some of their players when they're batting as well as when they were in the field what they were supposed to do. The baseball world is wrecked with information as to how to deal with this. The manager and the general manager of the Houston Astros have been released. The manager of the New York Mets have been released. The manager of the Boston Red Sox have been released because they were all a part of this. I'm telling you this because no nation or home or church can actually progress with lies. Only with the truth. And we are living in a time when the truth matters. You will recall the downing of that jet plane over uh, in Iran. Immediately, immediately it was said, we don't know anything about it. Only later on to say, we have to confess we did it. We cannot live with lies. We have to, we exist when we know that truth prevails. I would hate to go to a doctor who tells me a lie about my health when I'm paying him to tell me the truth about it. And this is happening all over the world. I want you to listen to this, written some years ago by Malcolm Mugridge, the British journalist, one of the best, as someone has said, for the 20th century. I'll just read a part of it because I want to read later on a part of it. Excuse me. Yes. Even so, truth is very beautiful. More so, as I consider the justice, which is today's pursuit, which easily puts on a false face. In the nearly seven decades I have lived through, the world uh, I live through, the world has overflowed with bloodshed and explosion, whose dust has never had time to settle before others have erupted. All in su- supposedly just cause, the quest for justice continues. The weapons and the hatred pile up, but truth was the was the casualty. Truth was the casualty. The lies on behalf of which our wars have been fought and our peace treaties concluded, the lies on the revolutions, the counter-revolutions, the lies of advertising. My son just said to me, Dad, I'm going to get rid of the insurance that I have for my car. He had some... Uh, someone ran into him in, in Seattle, and uh, so he's trying to get some of the things fixed. And guess what? It doesn't cover that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen to this. The lies on which our wars have been fought, our peace treaties concluded, the lies of revolution, counter revolutions, the lies of advertising, of news, of salesmanship, of politics. The lies of the priests in the pulpit. This hits home, doesn't it? The professors at his podium or her podium. The journalists at his... You can tell this was done a few years ago. Listen, the journalists at his typewriter. (laughs) Then he goes on to say, the lie stuck like a fishbone in the throat of the microphone the handheld lies of the prowling cameramen. And I'll stop there for now. Way back there in 1972, it was important that the truth were told. But Something has happened. And I want to use the Bible this morning to show what, not only why, why truth is important, but where the lie comes from that we have to be fighting with each day. Consider with me then the basis for truth. The basis for truth, and we're going to define truth in a few minutes. What is a basis? What do we mean by truth? It means that we are able to trust something, that when we speak, people know that we are not speaking in a double-tongued way. Let me suggest to you two reasons why truth is important. Human duty Human duty depends on it. Human duty depends on it. It happened in the earliest of our universe. Two brothers, Cain and Abel. And Cain became jealous of Abel because of what he thought was the unfairness of God. And he got Abel... At a place where he was able to kill him and he did. And I want you to notice how God came to Cain. We're not told how, but he did. And Cain was not so much afraid because he answered God. And as as God said to him, he said, where is your brother? And Cain answered immediately, I don't know. I don't know. What what God was was teaching him and us there is that human duty depends upon truthfulness that is translated in in, in behavior by by people to people. Cain, if you are to relate to your brother, you must be a truthful person because truth is a part of human duty to other human beings. And, And so I don't know means, and, and then he followed, by the way, am I my brother's keeper? Then we begin to make excuses why we can do without having to answer the truth about other people. Winston Churchill made a statement. I was telling my wife about this, that, that really, it was interesting, I had, I had to take time to think of it. Churchill said this, truth is so important that it must be protected by a pack of lies. Truth is so important that it must be protected by a pack of lies. It seems almost like like a contradiction, doesn't it? But this is what he's saying. See, God said to, 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 to Cain, where's your brother? He said, I don't know. He's covering the truth with a lie. When the Iranian people said we didn't know what happened, with the plane, they were covering the truth with a lie. And, and my friends, the, 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 whole, the whole business, the whole business of behavior in society depends upon truth. If you read your, your um, perspective, I talked about the Cretes. <laughs> I'd hate to be living in Crete, because in Crete it says they are all liars. Imagine living in a community, in a society, where you cannot trust anybody. And God intended that our our experience on earth be such that we are able to live with trust because truth exists. It is the duty of, of our existence that truth makes its claim upon our lives. Truth will promote trust, build relationships between people and nations, when truth is absent, we live only in questioning about others. I had a very interesting story about a little boy and a little girl. The little boy had um, uh, something that the little girl wanted. The little girl had the marbles that the boy wanted. And he said, if you give me your marbles, I'll give you my toy. And he said... She said, okay, I'll think about it. And she said, okay, yes. So they went home, and they got everything related to what they were about to exchange. But he took two pieces out and then took it to the girl. And the girl gave him all her marbles, and he spent his time wondering if she took some out herself. See, when truth, my friends, when truth does not exist within us, we are suspicious of one another. It happens not only in, in business, in politics, not only in the classroom. I, I want to tell you some of the lies that, that, that are coming to us. We shall see where people, where people say that the baby in the womb is not a real child. It, it is a fetus. See, we're covering it. We're making excuses, we shall see. In, in a minute. So, human duty demands it. Secondly, human dignity is defended by it. Human dignity is defended by it. In the 20th chapter of Genesis, it's a story of Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham is going down to Egypt and he, he's quite concerned about his own life. So, he said to Sarah, When we get there, Sarah, you are a very beautiful girl, and apparently she was kind. And Abraham said, you know, I don't trust those Egyptians. So guess what, Sarah? When we get there, you tell them that you are my sister. See, if you tell them that you are my sister, listen. They won't harm me. He was using a lie to defend himself when truth should be the defending of a person's dignity. And you know the story. You can read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 20. And he put the life of Sarah in a position where she was almost violated. Because he was afraid of telling the truth. Now it's interesting because I could hear someone saying, but he wasn't telling that bad a truth because Sarah was his half-sister, but that's not what he intended. See, he was not he was not saying that because he was going to say, Yeah, I know no, he was saying, I want you to defend me. So so he put Sarah in a position, he put the king in a position, and he was going to have to live with his conscience. Sir Walter Scott puts it so very, very interestingly. Oh, what tangled weave we weave when first we practice to deceive. It should, it, truth should be the defender of other people's dignity. Truth is not something we simply have as a part of of, of life, to get me through life. It relates, uh, listen, listen to this, listen to this. Proverbs seventeen fifteen. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous, both alike are an abomination to God. If you, if you use a lie to, to deny someone the truth, you are an abomination to God. That's not my words, friends. It's in Proverbs chapter 17. In Isaiah chapter 55, God is pronouncing his woe upon the nations. Listen, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Listen now, who justifies the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Wise in your own eyes. So you're going to use your cleverness, your cleverness to take advantage of people, to deny them what God has given to them. Truth, says, says Mortimer Adler, truth consists in the correspondence between my mind and what is real. It deals with origin. It deals with meaning. It deals with morality, and it deals with destiny. If anyone tells me a lie about any of those, my soul is in jeopardy. Someone who tells me that I, I came from a slime... 10 million years ago, is telling a lie. And our children are being told that evolution is the means by which they came into the world. Meaning, why am I here? What am I to do to find what life is all about? Oh, morality. Did you see that great march in New York yesterday? Millions, almost a million women screaming at the top of their voices, Screaming out lies about the rights they have to their own bodies. Stre- screaming out lies about what, what rights they want to do, what they want with life, as it, as it, as it were. I, I just heard a bit of it, and I didn't want my mind to be filled with, with what they were saying. And so, human dignity, my friends, imagine the worst lie, the worst lie that anyone would have to face is what I call a moral lie. And a moral lie is when you use something good to produce something bad. And let me tell you what I mean by that. I was at the hospital two mornings ago getting ready for some stuff. And the the nurse... One nurse knocked on the door and she looked in and she put her head in and she said to me, are you driving a Porsche? I said, no, I'm just a pastor. <laughs> 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 and the nurse sitting down there said, oh, you're not a TV va-. I said, no, I'm not a TV evangelist. <laughs> because my friends, when people use religion, to mortify people, to get out of people that which God does not require people when we use something good to produce something for ourselves as a lie. When we tell people that if you become a Christian, your life is going to be just wonderful from here and that's a lie. See, truth preserves the dignity of other people. Think of apply that to life. Think of things that happened in the past. Think of people who have been wrongly accused of things simply because of their location or pigmentation. The truth is so absolutely important to our very existence. So where does truth come from? This is where we look at our text. Jesus was in front of Pilate. Pilate lived in a world of relativity. Pilate lived in a world where truth was up for sale. Pilate lived in a world that he didn't didn't know what could be classified as truth. And so he's talking to Jesus. And Jesus said this to him. For this reason I came, I came not from east to west, but from north to south. In other words, Jesus is talking about his incarnation. He came from the place where truth resides. The place where truth exists in absolute perfection, no defection from in any, in any direction, for this reason, I came. Pilate had to come uh, Pilate, I had to come into the world to deal with that which makes you very skeptical. When the question was asked, when Jesus said, "I came into the world to, 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 to be a witness to the truth, Pilate said, "What is truth?" What is truth? Can can you hear, can you hear how disdainful he's, he's looking at Jesus and he's saying, are you kidding me? You are talking about truth? Do you know the world in which I live, the Roman world? When Jesus said, by the way, that I have come into the world, the word world there is not talking about location. The world is really talking about people. The system. I have come into the system that is extant. The system that controls people's behavior. In other words, Jesus was saying something here. The truth does not reside on earth in the system that we use today. Today. Our system is for convenience. It's interesting when the founders of this country, were from in this country, they talk about inalienable rights, but they never said where it came from. Who gives it? Paul said to Timothy, this world in which we live is where people are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So truth is on the scaffold. Wrong is on the throne. Every five to ten years, the truth changes. There was a time, my friends, in the Enlightenment. In the middle of the eighteenth century, the Enlightenment, we discovered truth, scientific truth. And it wasn't long after that, as we began to mature as a nation... We were able to doubt the truth, to doubt the truth. We don't have to believe. The Ten Commandments spoke of absolute truth in a court in the southern United States. And in the early 70s, they removed it. See, we're at the place now where we can doubt the truth. And now we live in a post-truth world and a post truth world says it is not that i don't believe in truth but i only believe in the truth that i believe in no one can speak to me about truth truth is a relative thing and so my friends i don't need to take you through all the things we go through right now but what i do want to say that jesus is making it known That there is a sphere where truth comes from and comes into a sphere where it does not exist. And he has come into the world to testify about that absolute truth, that objective truth that resides where God is. Reading from the Psalms this morning, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Where do we get our truth from anymore let me suggest to you my friends why you see us grasping for truth somehow see ecclesiastes 3:11 says that god has put eternity into our hearts we live in a changing world with a consciousness of eternity and and by God putting eternity into our hearts, we grasp for what we know. As C.S. Lewis says, we grasp for what we know even though we can't see it. This is what we call the, the, the design of God. The imago Dei. You are made in the image of God. God did not create any human being with the inability to know that something or someone exists apart from that person. He put eternity in our hearts, and because he has done that, he's saying that there is there is some there is an art, if you please. There's an art. This is how you ought to live, ought to live, and it's not my it's, it's not it's not my my uh, my preference. the 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 idea that I I, I accept it if I agree with it. I tell you, I, I was driving this morning, and as we came, I saw the policeman on the side of the road with a car that was speeding, and I said, There's someone who didn't believe the law. <laughs> See, we want to do what we want, and only if we get caught, we believe it is wrong. In John 18, Jesus said, I have come to testify that there can be truth, but not where you are looking for it. Not where you're looking for it. We have in our world where, where, where we believe that we have been made is in what the dictionary called the tubula rasa. That means a mind that is void of anything. And that's not true, friends. The Bible says that when we come into the world, there is a stamp. I hate to say this. I, I really hate to say it, but it's true. Psalm 58:10: "The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go about speaking lies as soon as they are born. What a bundle of joy. <laughs> That's what I said. And it's true, friends, I don't, I don't want to, to ever think that children are not the most blessed gift of God. But angels are not born. Angels are not born. Sinners are. And so Jesus is telling Peter, uh, telling uh, Pilate, truth is not in the classroom unless it's taken there by someone who believes it. Truth is not in 16 Pennsylvania Avenue. It's not in the Supreme Court, unless you take it there. I don't know, my friends, when we will ever learn, when we will ever learn that truth is a revelation. Truth is a revelation. By that I mean that we come to know it because someone tells us what it's like, what it is. And truth, by definition is that which relate to reality, that provides security and trust. The, peop- the, the Bible says, the people who do know your name will put their trust in you because you are reliable. What you say, Jesus, Jesus puts it this way, I am the truth, not a truth, the truth. A truth is what we have in in Hinduism. A truth as, as in Hinduism, you know, Hinduism has about what two million gods? And each one has a truth. And someone said if you if if you are if you are if you are um, um, witnessing to a Hindu, don't talk about truth in isolation because they they're able to accept it anyway. We we accept anything that, that you bring. But let me tell you what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, for this cause I came into the world to testify to the truth that it exists. Therefore, anything that contradicts what Jesus says is wrong. Psalm 119 verse 128 says this, I consider your word to be right about everything. And my friends, the Bible says that there are certain things that are right and certain things that are wrong, and we are to submit to what God says because He alone knows what right is. He alone knows it. And He brings it to you and to me. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It's a revelation, not a discovery. I, I listened to several, several lectures this week from, from high places, and I tell you, it was one of the most amazing things listening to, intelli- uh, well, we call them intelligent. One of my professors in college used to say, student, don't call it, don't, ca- <laughs> don't call it common sense because it ain't that common. And my friends, It's true. The, co- the co-founder of the DNA in a human, in a human being says this. The reason we're here is because spores came from heaven and scattered seed and that led to your existence and mine. That, that, that's, that's, that's brilliance. Oh, my word. Let me tell you what the truth will do, friends. I want to look at my third point, the blessing of the truth. The basis for it the bringing of it no the blessing of it we go to john 8:32 john 8 and in john 8:32 we see that truth can be experienced john 8:32 jesus said you shall know the truth you shall know it you can know it and the truth will liberate you. Will liberate you. You shall know the truth. Truth about our gender. Truth about our families. Truth about marriage. Anything, everything that the Bible has to say about morality... The Bible speaks of it in truth. Not in any other way. I want, to, I want to give you an illustration of this. And that's how I'm going to close this message. It is, it is the cry. The cry of the human heart. Let me go back to what Malcolm Muggeridge says. He, he t- tells this story. Ignacio Salone told me once when he was a member of the old Comintern, that is a a, a Russian community of of intellectuals, some strategians were under discussion. And a delegate, a newcomer, who had never attended before, made the extraordinary observation that if such and such a statement were to be put out, it wouldn't be true. There was a moment of of dazed silence. And then everyone began to laugh. They laughed and laughed until tears run down their cheeks and the Kremlin walls seemed to shake. The same laughter echoes in every council chamber and cabinet room where two or three are gathered together to exercise authority. It is not God who had died, it is truth. Does truth exist? I borrow this from Ravi Zachariah. He said, I was present at the Angola prison. Are you familiar with the Angola prison? It's someplace you don't want to get close to. The Angola prison, when you go in, it's a prisoner that gives you a knife to defend yourself while you're serving time there. 5,300 prisoners are there. 85% 85 percent of them serving life without serving time without parole. And and and, the governor of that state, I think we're back in 1997 or so. Talked to Bruce King. And he asked Bruce King if he would be, willing to become the warden of Angola Prison. By the way, more than half of them are waiting for, the chair. He told the governor, I would accept the position, but only if you allow me to run it the way I think it ought to be run. The governor said, what have I to lose? Go ahead. He started. Number one, I want to begin Bible study. Bible study. Number two, there is to be no swearing Neither by the prisoners or the staff. He began by putting scripture verses all around the walls. He he started a Bible training school. Listen to this. At the time, 90 prisoners were taking Bible study courses in Angola. 90. Of them. They enrolled and, and even though they knew that they would be there for the rest of their life, they wanted to hear what God has to say to them. You ask how can a book written in the first century be relevant in the 21st century? Because the human heart in the first century is the same as the human heart in the 21st century. The same book is needed. So, the governor said, go ahead. And in that place today, listen to this, a young woman can walk in the halls of Angola prison and you would not have one bit of whistling or remark trying to present themselves as lusting after that woman. Respect. Respect. Jesus Christ did not come into the world to make bad people good. He came into the world to make dead people live. This is what we have here, friends. And Jesus Christ, in the 20th century, 21st century, went into that prison and released, released these men and I don't know if there are women there, but all I read is, 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 is men. That, that when they re- received Jesus Christ, something happened that transformed their life. They were set free. Now let me give you the effects of truth because this is where the story becomes even more interesting. Jesus said in verse 36 of John 8, If the sun shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. The word indeed is a very interesting Greek word because it means to really, to really, to be absolutely free. See, verse 32 remove moral guilt. Verse 36 restores moral glory. If the sun shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. So Rabbi said, he's walking, getting ready to start the meeting. He's going toward his, uh, the place where he's meeting. And he saw one of the fellows, the fellows walking toward the, uh, the room. And he said to him, excuse me, I said, I understand that You found Jesus Christ as Savior in this place? Yes, sir, I did. And that he has changed your life? Yes, sir, he has. How does it feel knowing that you will never get out of here? His reply, listen to this. This is what it means to be really set free. I don't think about that anymore. Because what I have found in Christ in this prison is a freedom that I never had out there. Free indeed. He's not trying to get out of it now because he's a Christian. Then, Then listen to this. My greatest prayer is for my parents who think that they are free but they are not because they are still in bondage because they do not know Jesus. If the sun shall set you free the truth you shall know the truth the truth will set you free and if the truth set you free the truth that i bring you will be free indeed this is the truth that doesn't end it was given in genesis And it will continue until Jesus Christ comes. And we have an ought how we ought to live because Jesus Christ has brought the truth to us. And friends, whether in the church, in the classroom, whether in the community, let us live by truth because truth, our humanity demands it. And it's a defender. It is a defender of human dignity. Let us pray. Father, I pray that the truth, your truth, not truth that changes every five years, but truth that was true for Peter and Paul and James and John, is the truth that will be good for us in the 21st century. It has been proven by Angola prison. That prisoners are not not trying to get out because they know they are guilty, but their guilt has been cared for by the blood of Christ. And their hope has made it possible for them to live. In fact, I didn't mention to the folks here that that man, when Ravi finished speaking to him, was the one who led the service that afternoon. That is to be free indeed. Help us to live as liberated people who exists to liberate other people. In Jesus' name, amen.